Welcome to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth. I'm an intimacy coach and psychologist. I created this show to explore the erotic alphabet, to help you learn more about desire and expressing your desires, discover ways to spice up your relationship and create that sizzling relationship you've always wanted. I do this through solid science, real life stories and interviews with an exciting variety of sex experts. Listen in weekly as I share key strategies to help you create your ideal sexual life. Make sure you join us to access even more sexual strategies on my blog, A to Z of Sex, access our monthly newsletter with subscriber-only offers at www.atozofsex.com. That's A-T-O-Z-O-F-S-E-X. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the A to Z of Sex. I'm Dr. Lori Beth, and I am your host. We are working our way through the erotic alphabet one letter at a time. Just a reminder, this podcast deals with adult content. So if you don't have total privacy, you might want to put on your headphones. Today, the letter is Q, and Q is for queen and also for queening. Queen, as a nickname, can be short for drag queen or can refer to a woman who is dominant. Today, I'll talk about both uses of the term and also cover the activity queening. I've had a couple of questions about drag queens and transvestites, and I'll answer these as well. Drag is traditionally not just about enjoyment and sexiness. There has always been a challenging element of drag that is about the gender fuck. A gender fuck is making you think twice about your preconceptions about gender and uh, what goes with each of the genders. Particularly, the queens who do not look feminine and do not try to look feminine really kind of do that gender fuck. Drag highlights rebellion and nonconformity. Today, even traditional drag attracts audiences of all genders and is often seen as highlighting a person's struggle to define and identify and style and willingness to be an individual and not conforming to social beauty standards. There's in fact an increasing number of young female audience that sees drag as empowering them to discover to be who they are. Drag queens don't usually dress in women's fashion for the purpose of sexual excitement per se and sexual enjoyment. They don't do it to try to get off. They do so for the purposes of self-expression and entertainment. So technically, drag queens are not transvestites because they don't fetishize the female clothing and accessories, whereas transvestites do. Transvestites dress in women's clothing in order to experience some level of sexual excitement and or sexual satisfaction. Many drag artists are very talented performers. And popularity has continued to increase, especially since RuPaul's successful reality show, Drag Race. People of all genders choose to dress in drag, though drag queens are the most well-known. There's also been a growing body of fans for drag kings and drag king shows as well. Many people believe the history of drag in Europe began in the 1800s with the pantomime. And in fact, if you live in the United Kingdom, you see at Christmas time pantomimes every year. And these are family shows where we always expect to see a number of characters in drag. In the United States, some people trace the history of drag back to minstrel shows, 
which originally had performers in blackface parodying black men and then had them begin to parody black women. These were not positive performances. They were used to mock black people, whereas drag in the gay community was used to celebrate and has been seen as progressive. Drag continued with vaudeville, where female impersonators became very popular. The most famous female impersonator was Julian Eltinge, who performed on Broadway as a woman. During these times, female impersonators were seen to be white, straight men. Now, it isn't clear if you're looking through the history if they actually were straight, but it was really important to the art form to decline any kind of connection with homosexuality or with sex work because these were all illegal. And so it took away from the audience. The art form using as as just straightforward female impersonators started to decline in popularity as a connection with homosexuality and sometimes with sex work was made more often. In the earlier 1900s, drag moved into nightclubs and this is when it began to be associated as entertainment within the LGBT community. Since at that time being gay was criminal, it became riskier. People would go to nightclubs to experiment with boundaries between gender and sexuality and drag queens became extremely popular. These days, drag queens often participate in pageantry. They're prominent in pride parades, although this has often been controversial as many people express concern over the image of homosexuality that this presents. There are a number of organizations of drag queens who, in fact, raise lots of money for um, LGBT charities. Many millennials are exploring gender through drag. PEX is a group of performers in the UK who explore gender through drag. The performers are all cisgendered women at the moment. They say, unless you fuck in a vacuum, sex is always a gendered experience. As a result, they use drag and performance to explore further. They've also done um, quite a few workshops on gender. Rob wrote in to ask, I love watching drag queens. I go to a show most weeks. I find them really sexy. Does this mean I am gay? Well, Rob, this doesn't mean you're gay or even bisexual, though you could be either. It simply means you find them sexy. We find many things sexy that we don't want to act on in reality. So just relax and enjoy the shows. In kink circles, a queen can be a dominant woman. Some cultures use the term queen to refer to any woman and in reference to treating your partner like a queen or finding that partner who will be queen of your world. This is popular within the African-American community where men are also sometimes referred to as kings. When referring to a dominant woman, a queen is the woman in charge. Queening is when a dominant woman sits on her submissive's face. This is sometimes also referred to as throning and simply face sitting. Sometimes the woman is sitting directly on the submissive's face. However, there are also special stools and chairs and some thrones made explicitly for queening, which allows the dominant to take some of her weight off of the submissive and engage in queening for longer. Some women use face sitting as simply another oral sex position. They're not engaging in this type of play because they are dominant, but rather to give a different type of access and vantage point. Most women who engage in this, whether queening or simply doing this for oral sex, worry about being too heavy for their partners or suffocating a partner. Couples who are using this for oral sex often have the woman facing the man's head so that he's not completely enveloped by her body. He is approaching from the front. Women who are using this for dominance 
often envelop the entire head of the person that they are cleaning. One of my favorite articles on face sitting can be found on Harlot Media, and the link is in the podcast notes. The mark that queening is seen as the act of a dominant was highlighted a couple of years ago when the United Kingdom decided to change the laws on pornography so that images of a number of things would would become criminal. Two of the activities that they wanted to ban um, and then effectively did ban were images of face sitting because they saw this as being potentially very dangerous and images of squirting because the men who were um, making these determinations insisted that um, squirting was actually somebody peeing on someone else. There was a female pornographer who in fact um, sent those judging this a sample of ejaculate and the chemical tests to prove that this was not pee. So essentially making the scientific case so that these people could understand that squirting, fluid that is squirted, is not urine. However, it was still banned. To protest these changes as they were debating the legislation, there was a face-sitting protest outside of Parliament. The campaign decided to sing Monty Python's Sit on My Face while demonstrating face-sitting with their clothing on. Now, queening's become quite popular with people who are not kinky as another sex position that makes oral sex really interesting and sometimes a hell of a lot of fun. But the biggest barriers to enjoying this are the thoughts that women can have while they're sitting on their partner's faces. Women worry if they're too heavy, maybe they'll suffocate their partner. They worry about their smell and taste, and they also worry about what happens if they fart. They have a male partner, they worry about their partner's beard or lack of a clean shave, and if their vaginal lips will get chafed. If they are able to relax, most women report that this position provides loads of pleasure. They highlight feeling empowered and enjoying the control that they have. They also highlight loving that the focus is on their pleasure and nothing else. And there are a few positions where that is the case, where the focus is solely on their pleasure. Jack wrote in and asked if queening was really dangerous. He said he worried about being suffocated, but also he worried a lot about how he could engage in safe sex while his face was being sat on. Jack, you really don't need to be worried about suffocating as this is really rare. And the only cases I could find were cases in which the person was deliberately attempting to suffocate the person they were sitting on. So these were, in some cases, completed murder and in others, attempted murder. As for getting sexually transmitted infections, well, face sitting does involve being exposed to bodily fluids and therefore there's a risk of infection. The risk, of course, is raised if you have bleeding gums or oral cuts. There's a risk to the person who is doing the face sitting of catching oral herpes if the person who is underneath has this infection. The bottom line is you cannot have completely safe naked face sitting sex. However, the risks of infection transmission are lower than for many other sexual activities. If you want to be completely safe from infection, have the queen keep her panties on and make sure that her fluids don't leak through. Perhaps keeping trousers on would be better, as there's less likely to be leaks. Mary wrote in and asked if there's a way to manage the strain on her thighs when she's in a face-sitting or a queening position. Lots of women, Mary, uh, who enjoy this position have told me that they do a lot of squats, so they have really strong thighs. They're also used to squatting in one place without feeling strained for quite a period of time. If you're facing 
his or her head, your knees can be on either side of the shoulders. And this will take the strain as long as you're used to kneeling for longer periods of time. You don't want to have a cramp in the middle of this. It's it's not much fun. Um, but you also don't want to have to keep stopping and starting as that will really get in the way of orgasm or multiple orgasms. So it's good to work out and, and try and strengthen those muscles. Um, and you might practice kneeling if you're going to try the knees on the outside of the head position so that you're able to actually hold the position for a while without strain. So that's not what you're concentrating on. You're actually concentrating on the enjoyment. Now, there are some women who just say they just can't get their head around doing this. It just doesn't work for them. Um, it looks great on paper, but in practice, it causes them a problem. So you have to decide if you're one of those women, or if this is something that you can um, build up to being able to really enjoy. Martin wrote in to ask quite a serious question. He wrote in to ask how he can talk to his wife of 10 years about his transvestite play. He said that she has almost cost him a number of times and that this was particularly in the beginning of their relationship when he enjoyed going through her clothing and her underwear and took a pair to use while masturbating. Martin's, it's extremely important that you talk with your wife. If she catches you, um, she is quite likely to feel betrayed. This is a really big set of desires to have kept from her. She may also find your transvestism challenging to accept. For example, lots of people worry that their partner is actually gay. So you may want to see a coach for some sessions to try and help you work out how best to talk to your wife in the first place. And once you've done that, it might also be helpful to actually tell your wife within a session. That way there is somebody there who can answer any questions and provide reassurance around things like whether or not you're gay or bisexual, whether this means you know, you're not attracted to her and do it in the moment rather than her having to wait to get that reassurance from a professional person. She may also want to have some sessions on her own in order to try to accept this. I've had this situation presented uh, um, a number of times over the last 30 years. Women in this situation frequently feel extremely betrayed. They feel that they've never really understood the sexual drives of their partners and feel that by withholding this, their partners have never really been intimate with them. So it's a, it, it can be a really big deal. Now, most of the time, the men who didn't tell their wives and partners withheld this information because they were petrified that their partners would be disgusted by them and um, also that their partners might want to leave them. Of course, if you keep a big secret, it's always a risk that the relationship will not survive the secret. So it's important to talk about this sooner rather than later. And you can both deal with any of her fears and concerns together. Thanks for joining me this week for the A to Z of sex. Please write in with your questions to Dr. Lori Beth at a to z of sex.com. That's A T O Z or Z O F S E X.com. And do visit both the websites https colon backslash backslash a to z of sex.com and 
https colon backslash backslash the dash intimacy dash coach dot com to learn how to awaken your authenticity, arouse your sexuality and ignite your desire for a free 30 minute session with me. Head over to www.adzofsex.com and click on the button that says book now. Now, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher and please subscribe. Why not join me for my upcoming free webinar, Four Secrets for Arousing and Igniting Your Authentic Sexual Self. Click the link in the podcast notes to sign up or head to https colon backslash backslash the dash intimacy dash coach dot com backslash the number four dash secrets backslash. Join me next week when the letter will be R. And R is for red flags. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the A to Z of sex. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review here on iTunes and make sure you head over to www.atozofsex.com. That's A-T-O-Z-O-F-S-E-X. To subscribe to my free newsletter, to help you keep your sex life sizzling. Stay tuned for upcoming weekly episodes as we work our way through the sexual alphabet to discover the wide world of sex, sexuality, desire, and intimacy. Knowledge gives you the power to create relationships that bring you satisfaction and joy. Hope to see you next week.